0: <laughs>
1: thought
2: I was on mute <laughs>
1: that's, that's it, that's the soundbite That's going to be the start of the podcast There's
2: your cold opening That's
1: the cold open right there
0: <laughs> didn't, sound, didn't sound that cold <laughs> When you both pause doing
2: we? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Welcome to Born to Watch with three old mates an ex-video shop owner, an industry insider, and a black belt in 80s kung fu movies put their mastery to the test on movies that change the world.
1: Hi there, fellow watchers. I'm Whitey, and it's another episode of Born to Watch. Look, we went on a very long limb this week with this movie, and I think I can safely say that in 1987 this may not have been in our wee house, but it definitely isn't 36 years later. I'm, for one, very interested to see what the three of us come up with for this nerd transformation high school comedy, Can't Buy Me Love. G-Man, you're looking very pensive sitting opposite me
0: tonight. Yes, good evening to all our watchers welcome everyone yes can't buy me love hey yes can't buy me that 94 minutes
1: <laughs> don't you're funny you mentioned that it sounds very similar to my kick-ass credit song which will be later in the uh later in the show Dan up there on the land munching on his uh
2: ja-us. how you going yeah it's it's been a big week on the land, but I'll just say that I mentioned this movie to quite a few people of our vintage and said that I was doing it and that it was very well received and a lot of oh yeah i used to love that movie I used to love that movie so it's interesting uh, where we'll get to over the course of the next however many minutes we dedicate to this movie but yeah. <laughs> um yeah look big week on the land it's all been about regional leisure activities this week so plenty of waves around so i joined fifty thousand of my neighbors out on the noosa points which is good and uh, i've been in out in the national park with my daughters on the zip zips riding it like a man so uh but the most uh, surprising was me and M-Head have been testing our marksmanship up on the land. So I, I don't know if you guys know, but when I was 19, I did a guy in Laos with a rifle shot at a 1,000 <laughs> yards in high wind. Maybe eight or even 10 guys in the world could have made that shot. I thought it was three or four <laughs> myself, but anyway. It's the only thing I was ever good at. Yeah, thanks, Rigsy.
1: <laughs> all right, look, if you want to support the podcast and help us grow, make sure you subscribe to us on all good podcast platforms. And please share to your friends. You can also find us on all the social networks, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, MySpace, Yahoo Messenger. Feel free to reach out and join the community. And actually this week, we've just started a group on Facebook as well as the page. So any watchers can in there and there are no rules. You can just throw in the us that you want, start the banter. Look, sitting down to watch this, I was hit with this amazing wave of nostalgia. And I was actually somewhat looking forward to watching it. I couldn't quite remember when was the last time I had seen it. But as I sat and watched this movie, I was hit with something that I can call maybe a sense of relief and also a tinge of embarrassment. So, gents, when did we first see Can't Buy Me Love? I'll start with you up on the land there, Dan, Seeing that uh, this was your selection.
2: Yeah, it was definitely when we were at school. So it was a, a bit of a mainstay. I don't know when... Um, because I don't think the three of us watched it together. No, no, but no, but I remember thinking very fondly of it, and at the time thinking it was pretty cool. So remembering that this is well before For sure on on the line was uh, was was made, and we didn't have a real good uh, understanding of American culture, and it was just what it was force fed to us in in films. So, uh, teen. High school movies, there there had been a few, but I guess not heaps. And uh, Can't Buy Me Love on the rewatch, definitely, if it didn't invent a whole heap of tropes that we would see for the next 30 years in teen high school movies, then it, it must have been one of the first to uh, have the screenwriters jizzing over each other, getting out these uh, these tropes that we just see over and over and over, and over again. So, yeah, I, it must have been solo, I guess, at my house, but... I, uh, I, as I said, I've spoken to a few people of our ilk and it was definitely a film that uh, that they enjoyed as well, So, but haven't seen it in a long, 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 long time. Yeah,
0: definitely. What about you, G man? Saw it around the 87, 88 mark. Um, I remember being on VHS – Video in our house. My elder sister oh, your, Kelly would have been all over. Yeah, this. I was going to say
2: was, your your sisters have been right into this. Right, well, into
0: this. Kelly was around that. She was within fifteen or sixteen, yeah. I guess, at that stage. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I remember it got a run back in the Flakler years.
1: <laughs> Love you, Kel.
0: Um, <sighs>
1: house gone, visibly gone. Oh, dear.
2: <laughs> Sorry, everyone. I'm on mute, but I'm fucking hacking myself. I <laughs> um,
0: uh, wish we had that on film. <laughs> fucking hell. <at> um, <laughs> we were. We? Flakely Um, So, yes, we got, it got a few runs in our house. I remember it being on quite a bit, but I don't remember how many times I saw it. It was quite a few back then, but I wouldn't have seen this since probably 1988 or 89, somewhere around there.
2: You oh, got that long? For,
0: Got to run for a couple of months. I don't think I've seen it since then. I can't, can't possibly tell you that I've seen it after that.
2: Did you remember everything?
0: I remembered the the crux of the movie, and you know, and obviously the the, the storyline, but uh, but not all the detail. But,
2: but as well, you know, see, again, I'm, this- I must have seen it plenty because I, I I knew every scene. There was nothing that I didn't remember, which is good for my brain, as we know, it's all fairly cooked. Oh no, I don't. I don't know that, Dan. I reckon this
1: is your. I reckon. Thirty-five years ago is right where your memory sits. <laughs> it is
2: strange. Like thirty-five week. minutes ago
1: <laughs> or thirty-five days ago, you fucked.
2: Yeah, I'm not quite sure what I did last <laughs> week, but thirty-five years ago, I know that yeah. I saw this a lot.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, see, yeah, because he was in another teenage angsty movie, I'm sure, or a nerd movie, Patrick Dempsey, and I'm sure, and I was, and I was mucking up some of the lines thinking they were in that movie. But as as we went through this, I heard some of those, some of those things. I'm like, oh, that's right. Of course, that happened. So, but yeah, it was definitely. uh A throwback. Okay. So as I mentioned earlier, I I sat watching this
1: movie. I was excited because I thought, yeah, let's relive the 80s again. And in a a genre which isn't completely that fond to me, I realized about 12 minutes in, I have not seen this movie. I have never seen this movie. This is the first time that I have seen Can't Buy Me Love. No shit. Absolutely (laughs) serious. So, So I was hit with a bit of a tinge of relief thinking, fuck, thank God I haven't spent 40 years with this movie. And the the next part was, well, a bit embarrassed because, you know, we've got a movie podcast here and I proclaim to be the guru here of watching movies and this is a demo number for me. And we're going to go to overs and unders here and I'm at one. And what about you, Dan? We're going to to set it. Look, after hearing Dan, I did set it originally at five. I'm going to go ten. I'm going to get ten
0: for you too. I'm under ten. Yeah. I'm under ten. It's, I watched it a few times. Look, it would have been on video in our house, but that's it. Okay. I haven't watched it heaps and heaps of times, and certainly haven't watched it at any stage post the nineties. Yeah,
1: sure. What about you, Dan?
2: I'd, I'd say I'm over ten, but it's been a long time. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay, well, let's strap yourself in, people, and let's listen to one of the great eighties movie trailers.
2: Cindy Mancini and Ronald Miller live on the same street, but they're in totally different worlds. Wouldn't you
1: like to be popular?
2: Cindy's hot. Ronald's not. But he's got a plan that could change all that. I want to rent
1: you. Rent me? Yeah. You pretend you like me. And we go
2: out for just a few weeks.
1: Just going out with me is not going to make you popular. Well, I have a thousand
0: dollars. It says it will.
2: Now, the biggest social transformation in history... No hand-holding, no kissing, and I give my lunch hour off. ...is about to begin. Okay, Donald, we're ready.
0: Listen to me, one last thing.
1: Yeah. My name is Ronald, not
2: Donald. I think that's Ronald Keller. Didn't you like to mow our lawn? Ronald's over in No Man's Land. And he's still alive. He's going from totally geek, it's totally chic, let's to totally out of control. I have moves. All I ever did was think about you. Say yourself. Don't change, please. Me change? Never. It's the comedy that proves a thousand dollars can buy popularity. But it.
1: Okay, G man, another great trailer. McDreamy or McSteamy, whatever his fucking name is from Grey's Anatomy, doing his best. Why don't you tell us about Can't Buy Me Love?
0: All right, here we go. Nowhere man Ronnie Miller is secretly in love with Cindy Mancini, the prettiest, most popular girl on campus. When Cindy finds herself in a desperate predicament, super desperate. What's the desperate predicament? The suede
1: suit. Ah, oh, please. <laughs> That's the desperate predicament. My God, it's not Bobby's straightened hair, is it?
0: Hey? That might be, a, that's pretty desperate, Bobby's hair. Anyway, we'll yeah. move on. Ronnie steps in to save the day for a price. Cindy must pose as Ronnie's girl so that her popularity might rub off on him. But the road to popularity takes an unexpected twist when Ronnie becomes so cool that his former friends feel the chill. Cindy is left totally out in the cold and Ronnie himself discovers that money might buy you popularity, but it can't buy you love. Okay, another shit synopsis. It pretty much just rolls through the whole movie. So.
1: Now, he doesn't become too cool. He's still a fucking nerd just with different clothes. And that's the thing I struggle with through the whole movie. Okay, let's look at critical thinking. And, oh, geez, I, I scoured really hard to find a Dave Kerr uh, review Positive. of this. Review of this, But there oh. there was one. But there were no real punchy sort of notes in there. So we, we're gone without Wayne today. But critical thinking. Okay, on IMDb, this one rates. What do you reckon this rates on IMDb, Morgs?
2: I don't think – it's not an eight movie but but it's not a four either. I reckon it's a seven. Low seven.
1: Six point eight out of ten wow. on oh, oh, you. Good good well played. On Rotten Tomato, it's fifty percent on the tomato meter and a seventy four percent audience score. So popular with the people, not so popular with the critics. Well, I, can, well, I, I think
2: can appreciate that.
0: Yep.
1: I <laughs> yes. would think that it's
0: yes. probably got a good score when it came out and it probably hasn't uh, Got that bigger score as it's gone on. If
1: anyone watched it now,
0: yeah, it'd be hard to write. That's it, what I mean. Right? Yeah. That's so, what I mean.
1: Okay, so we'll give it a good review. David Nooser from Real Film Reviews, a mostly watchable comedy that benefits substantially from the affable work of its two stars. Nice. Yeah. Was that guy's name David Noosahair? Could be. Could be. Morgs. <laughs> okay, the bad one. Karen James from the New York Times. The film thinks it wants to be sincere. When all it truly wants is to be popular, just like the other kids' movies, so it sells off its originality. It's uh, a bit cutting. There a bit you cutting. Cut it. All right. Let's move into ordinary people. And this is full of them on New Year. Let's talk about the cast.
0: Yeah, it's, it's pretty lightweight on the cast <laughs> this week, but we'll, we'll get into the, the couple of stars we got there. Patrick Dempsey. Now, Patrick Dempsey's had a couple of what we call different lives in his career started off in quite a few of these awkward charmer angsty movies as a youngster, but then obviously morphed later on into uh McDreamy or McSteamy and then, and then into quite a few movie roles after that. But as I with a lot of others, he started with a fair bit of stage work as a youngster. His first movie role was a movie called Catholic boys, 1985. Wow. With Donald Sutherland and Andrew McCarthy.
1: Can't imagine that's a comedy. <laughs> no.
0: Um, then then bounced right into Meatballs 3 Summer Job. Wow. In eighty-seven as Rudy. And then 87 as well, Can't Buy Me Love. This 80- is the one that that this catam- put him on him. the map. This
1: was on the stratosphere. He was massive after this. Yeah, he was
0: quite big. And then yeah. he was in another movie in 88 called Some Girls, which was with Jennifer Connolly. R-
1: um, oh yeah. Seriously. Yeah. In the early 80s, 90s, Jennifer Connolly's is just a 12 out of 10. Yes.
0: Still is. Mm-hmm. Uh Maybe this was the other one I was thinking. Was Loverboy? He played Randy Bodek in '89. Yes. There was another oh, Angst Team movie. I vaguely yes. remember that
2: one. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I think that's where I was m- mixing up the lines. There's a couple of different quotes that he has in that movie. Yep. '91. Um, he was in Mobsters as Maya Lansky with Christian Slater. Yeah,
1: that was the the uh, Brad Packy sort yes. of. Movie, yeah, yeah. Pack. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, who
0: was the guy? Um.
2: It was Stephen Dorff.
0: Stephen Greco. Gr- Richard
1: Greco. Oh, Grico. yeah. Richard Grico's
0: in Mobsters. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Um. 94 with honors with joe pesci and brendan fraser yeah yeah yep. and then he was in uh, outbreak in 95. yeah he plays the guy that has the monkey yeah jimbo scott he's the first one yeah, he's, he's the first um, guy he's patient zero yep so it's a very small role yeah uh and then he was in scream three in 2000 well so he sort of sort of fell off the radar yeah. a little bit not not doing a lot there for that that 90s period then did hit it back big in 2001 came back to will and grace three episodes Grace's love interest, Matthew. Uh, are you
1: sure you weren't mistaking some of the lines from one of the Will and Grace episodes? <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't know. Been a lot of them. <laughs> uh, and then he was back in Sweet Home, Alabama uh, in 2002 as the love interest. I think there. this is where he had his second well, this win. Is this sec- this is about- where his second win. But yeah. then 2005 was Grey's Anatomy as Dr. Derek Shepard McDreamy. Yep. 247 episodes.
1: What a shit show. Yeah. Like, I-, I think I lasted three years of Grey's Anatomy. Really? The first series was pretty good. Uh. Once everyone started, it was it became a bit like Friends,
0: where everyone just started to root everyone.
1: Yeah, and it was like, come on.
0: Well, they have. That's how all these shows do (sighs) it. They run out, and then they all have intertwisting storylines. But I don't think I ever watched that series regularly. I may have watched episodes from time to time. I don't think I ever watched. It was no desperate housewives.
2: That's for sure. You never would have picked, though, having seen Can't Buy Me Love that he would be the major heartthrob love interest in a in a decades long running. Huge television series. I mean, he's right. a bit like myself. He got a bit more rootable as he got older, so <laughs> it's it's a bit a bit Benjamin Buttony Button Butney Button in reverse. But um, it's yeah. always been it's
1: always been my bugbear is that
0: this guy's not McDreamy. He's the dork from Can't Buy Me Love. Listen, Morgs, it is very much on your say, Mark, because in this movie he he runs your eighty seven hair. I'm pretty sure that's how you ran it. That was, I saw
2: him. I saw a cow lick. That's why he was running yeah. the hat. Another reason why I really like him is his oh, plethora please, of hats. There's some please. really Mate, good hats in this flick.
0: When you, start, when you start a movie in a pith helmet on the back of a tractor and then you move to a beret, that was Morgs 87 all over. Yeah. It. Okay.
1: was we'll like I'm Morgs
0: su- running a beret when we're in Canada.
1: I'm sure he we'll put- get to the beret. But did anyone else notice that I, th- I think he used it as his dump rag? There were that many freaking stains on the top of that beret. I reckon it was it's second as his dump rag. He creeped through the bloody uh, chain wire fence while he's watching Cindy. He used to shoot his wad into his beret. Creep. <laughs> Have a look. Look at the next one. There's all these bloody white stains on top of it. I'll
2: take it. You, for someone who's seen uh, the movie yeah, once. Yeah, you no, yeah well, trust me. Some...
1: When, when you are looking for things to pick the shit out of it, you're uh, looking for dump rags.
0: <laughs> if that's your go-to That's it Alright Um, I, uh, 2008 Maid of Honour Yeah He was in with Michelle Monaghan And then 2010 Transformers Dark of the Moon so He plays Michelle a... Monaghan
2: she, she had a bit of a moment there She did have yeah, a moment she, did. she had a good run there Six or seven years She's good looking Yeah she's, no, a good well, looking she's girl, yeah. gorgeous Gorgeous uh, yeah, Married Maid Ethan but- Hunt
1: Married Ethan uh-huh. Hunt in the Mission Impossible movies.
0: Right, that's right. Yeah. Of course, that's what she's
1: from. But
2: she, it felt like they were positioning her as a, a like a, a stratospheric star, but it didn't yep. quite go that way.
1: Well, she she came to prominence in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. That was yeah. her first role.
2: Yeah, with, um, yeah. as Danny Junior and yeah. yep. Val Kilmer. Val
0: Kilmer. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, look, the only one of note for for him after that was Bridget Jones's Baby. Again, the competing love interest in two thousand and sixteen. Yeah, if you've seen that, move on, McDreamy. Yeah. All right, we'll roll through to Amanda Peterson. So her first role was in the movie Annie. Now there was oh, I do remember her. She's seen, yeah, I know the girl. Yeah, right. definitely. So she was She's in the orphanage. 8,000 girls yep. tried out for Annie. She got down to the last 10. Yep. Right. And then she lost out to Aileen Quinn. Yeah. But then she was still she one was of, one the, of the girls in the orphanage. Actually Tina Kaspari, who's one of her friends on the movie was one of the girls in the orphanage as well. Annie's a great movie. Yeah. It really is. So it's funny two of them were on that but um, after that, did, look, she hasn't. She didn't do a lot. Well, apparently, she had a pretty rough time on this
1: movie, yeah. which led to her well, she drug addiction and drug addictions and morphine overdose. Yeah. and she died in twenty thirteen. I think. It no, twenty sixteen. There we go. She was forty three. She, she was forty three. Beautiful girl. Like, beautiful. She was
0: only fifteen when she when they yeah. made this movie. Yeah, she was fifteen, and Dempsey was twenty. That might have had something to do with it. Well, it was funny because she was fifteen, and, and one of the other girls around the same age, Dempsey, was twenty, and one of the friends, one of those two girls, was twenty three. Yeah. Yeah. So.
1: Well, fucking hell, I've got him a good, bad, the ugly. All the guys look 30
0: in this yeah. movie. All well, the do. guys look 30. Yeah. But uh, look, she did, uh, did a bit of TV. Did, did an episode of Silver Spoons and then a couple of smaller roles before Ricky. before the breakout in Can't Buy Me Love. She was in a movie called The Lawless Land in 88 and then another one called Listen to Me in 89 with Kirk Cameron and uh, Jamie Gertz and Roy Scheider. Wow. All-star. Yeah. But her last movie was Windrunner uh, as Julie Moore with Margot Kidder. In 94 and then after that she fell off the radar uh, stopped acting and then as we said she went through some bad times um drug and alcohol addictions and then uh, was was on the way to making a comeback before the untimely demise
1: yeah overdose methadone methadone overdose i think it was morphine morphine
0: yeah she was having morphine to combat some pain but apparently had a had a accidental overdose yeah sad yes Anyway, we'll go to Courtney Gaines. Now, Courtney Gaines is the—he's the, he's he's, a jobber man. He's a real jobber. Now he's—he's he's the redheaded friend in this movie, yeah. right? The best friend, redheaded stepchild. <laughs> but he, um, he started his first movie was *Children of the Corn*. He was Malachi in *Children mm. of the Corn* in '84. He's in *Back to the Future*. Yep. He's one of the school. Grandma fly. Yeah. I'm cutting in. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because you—you don't—he's he, one of those faces in the background. It's not till you—till you see him that you pick him again. Yeah. You go, oh, That's right. Yeah. But he's, then he was, he's, he's a real jobber. Yeah, can't buy me love. He was in Colors in nineteen eighty eight with Sean yeah, He's one of the he's one of the yeah he's, yeah. yeah, he's a
2: white
0: yeah. Esha. Yeah. He's a white Esha. Mm. Yeah, his name was his name was Whitey. There you go. Good there fella. Go. Great fella. Good
2: looking fella. Shit yeah. not
0: All <laughs> that. One of them. Oh, uh, but he was also in the Burbs in eighty nine, Memphis Bell in nineteen ninety. Yeah. And then did a heap of TV, TV jobbing. Yeah. Diagnosis murder, Nash Bridges, Pacific Blue, I'm, Jag, ER.
1: I'm pretty sure he's in the X Files. He's in an episode of the X-Files. Yes. Where there's there's like a inbreeding family and he's in it.
0: Lots of one off episodes yeah. of TV shows yeah. until he was in really in um Sweet Home Alabama again with Patrick Dempsey, and he was the police officer. Yeah. The sheriff. Was, in, uh, was in he Sweet in Alabama. Oz?
2: Did he did he get chalked up the uh
1: I don't, the, think, the he, no, I don't, don't think he was in Oz. No, I don't know. He would have been good in Oz. I think he would
2: have. I he's I done. i Maloney rooted him for sure in, in Oz. No. <laughs> he rooted
1: everyone.
0: No, he did. He did. did. <laughs> he did. Charm. Did Alias. He did. Your favourite Morgue's. Nash Bridges. Yep. Um, did. Uh, My name is Earl. The Middle. Uh, so he's done. He's done a lot. A lot of TV acting. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Sitcom master.
0: Um, look, another one we've got here. Only he has small role as the younger brother Chucky Miller, but it's Seth Green. Is there a worse
1: set of teeth in cinema? No, he's got some got some choppers.
0: Yeah, but uh, look, we only put him in here because because he he is probably one of the most well. It's quite well known of the cast
1: when he's in. He's there's a scene that he's in when he's hiding in the back of the uh, yeah. he's in, hiding in the back of the car and they play secret agent man, which also plays in the Austin Powers yes, movies. Yes, I was chuckling at that. Thinking, yeah, here we go. Gets farted on twice in this movie. Yeah, that's in my good, bad, the ugly. Doesn't doesn't get a good
0: run of it. <laughs> <laughs> But um, this was one of his very early roles. Obviously, I think he was yeah. God, he was only young. Shit teeth. Um, he was in another movie in 87 called Radio Days as well, which is a Woody Allen flick with Mia Farrow and Diane Wiest. Um And then into this, Can't Buy Me Love, My Stepmother's an Alien in 88. Pump Up the Volume. Have you guys seen
2: Pump Up the Volume? Is
1: Christian Slater? Yes.
0: Yeah, it, that's he, a Morgz inv- and Amanda he invents, I'm,
2: he invents podcasting, doesn't he, in Pump Up the
1: Volume? Yeah, he does actually. But mm. I think, Morgs, you hide that on my video card. I've got no doubt. <laughs>
2: You blew up for years. You reckon yeah. you owed cash to Civic video and DY. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I still do. I got a little last week. Did Nick Somerville <laughs> have to squash those? Nick Somerville squashed a lot squashed of my late yeah. fees. A lot of my late <laughs> fees. Yeah.
0: Um, but then he was obviously Austin Powers in '97 as Scott Evelyn and, and the spin-off movies. He was in Can't Hardly Wait. He was Kenny Fisher. Yeah. Yeah. The really dorky. He plays the dork.
1: Yeah. i tell you one of his one of his great roles where he plays himself in Entourage. Yes, and he's got yeah. he's got the thing with Sloane where he, where uh, he doesn't know whether he's plowed Sloane or not, and they have that they That's have right. that have that you know, right. thing yeah. for for seasons. He's such a dick.
0: Yes, yeah, but uh, yeah, look, he was uh, he was also um, he was in the uh, the Vampire Slayer, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, uh, he, he did plays, about forty episodes of that as Oz. Willow's. Yeah, he plays yeah. Willow's boyfriend. He's a, he's a werewolf. Yep, yep. He's in America's Sweethearts with Julia Roberts and John Cusack in tw- two thousand and one. Yep. Uh, the Italian job in two thousand and three, and then did a. He's done heaps of TV cameos and voice work. Yeah. Most notably, he's won some awards for Robot Chicken. Yep. Um. He's done Hulk and the Agents of Smash, and he actually voices Chris Griffin. Yeah. On the family. Family guy. guy. Yeah. So yeah, and the latest one he's in is is one that should come out is weird. The the Al Yankovic story. Ah. So one, he's in that. Yeah. The one with. Uh, he's a radio
1: Harry DJ. One with Harry Potter. Harry yes. Potter and Harry. Harry
2: Potter. Yeah. Uh, okay. Daniel Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, Daniel Radcliffe. That's mm. it.
0: Anyone else, Gal? You want to talk? Oh, about? Oh, look, the only other one I've got there is Dennis Dugan. Now, I only yep. bring him up because Dennis Dugan had a career as a movie star and then directed a whole heap of movies, Dudes. all Adam Sandler movies. Dugs. But let's go. So he was an. He the directed first movie. A Happy Gilmore. Yep. So the first movie was The Howling in '81. Yeah, great movie. Yeah, he was Chris in The Howling. Then he was Can't Buy Me Love '87, Parenthood '89. But in all these movies, so I'm going to go through all these Adam Sandler movies. But in all these, he was director. He's also played. He, parts. he also stars he's, in it. Yeah, he's, he's got parts in all of them. Yep. So in Happy Gilmore, he was Doug Thompson, who's the PGA director. The PGA director, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. Get rid of him, Doug. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Shooter. Five um, iron, huh? He, he was a trick or treater that comes to the door in Big Daddy. Um, he was. He directed Benchwarmers with Rob Schneider and David Spade. That's a funny movie. And he was What's the coach in kids? that. I now pronounce you Chuck and Larry. Terrible you, movie. You don't mess with the Zohan. Terrible movie. Grown ups.
1: I don't mind. Don't mind. Fun to watch with the kids.
0: He was the referee in that at the basketball game. Uh, Jack and Jill. Never seen one. (laughs) Fume. Terrible.
1: One of the worst movies ever made.
0: (laughs) I'm just assuming because ever made. And he was also directed. That's my boy with Adam Sandler and Andy Sandberg. Andy
1: Sandberg. Yeah, that's not great either.
0: I haven't seen it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. So look, that's the only other one we'll bring up. The rest of them, no one, no one really notable that went on to do anything. That's sort of that there is there is
1: the one that Max Perlich, the the guy who's one of the nerdy blokes who was in Cliffhanger,
0: plays one of the Gabe, yes, sorry, yeah. Gabe. Yep. and then jumps and gets shot off the cliff. Yeah, he played Lester in the movie. He's yep. one of one of the two. Yeah, one of the one of the nerds, one of the nerd herds. One of the two chips and dork guys. Yeah, dork and chips. Um, yeah. but yes, yeah, so, I and no one else. Oh, except for Big John. He's the he's the big blonde guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The he's the, the catcher from yeah. uh, Major League Two. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's been in quite a few. He starts intruders. Dropper. He gets yeah. his head blown yeah. off and stuff. Yeah, he does. Troopers. He does. Yeah. He's a. He jobber. was in that '80s uh, war series. Um, oh, it was a TV show. Can't think of it. Tour, a, tour of Judy. Yes, tour of duty. He was yeah, in. He did a heap of tour of duty episodes. Dim, yeah, dim, yeah, dim, dim, But yeah. Dim, so anyway.
1: All right. Well, well done. I think that's enough of the cast. Now that's look, it. We have done eighty-seven to death. So we're not going to go through a heap of the movies because we did it last week and probably two weeks before that.
0: What about the budget and the box office? Just going to get to that. So this is really interesting. This movie grossed $31.6 million. Doesn't sound like a heap. And it was a $4.7 million on its opening weekend. But it was a a slow hit because it was a $1.8 million budget. Amazing. So it was a tiny – I don't know how they get all those people for that money.
1: Do you know how they did? Because this wasn't done through the
0: unions. Well, no, it right? wasn't. So they would have paid them, fuck all. Well, it really was going to be done as an indie flick originally. And then they changed the script because they, it was going to be a bit more violent and a bit more going on. But we'll get to that later because of the storyline. Yeah. But then they changed it back to a PG-13 Yeah. to get the young women yes. you know, to, to like because it was going to be a different, quite different story. But this came in at number 39 – for that year, in money wise, so thirty-one point six million can't buy me love on a one point eight million pretty dollar good. budget. Pretty so. good. Pretty good. But we don't need to go through the movies. We know that Fatal Attraction. Yeah, not we're, not we're not going through. We we we're not going through them again. We know that Whitey's. That. That's Whitey's favorite song. Well, well I've, got just, a,
2: I've got a. I've got a question first before we move on from eighty-seven. So one one of the things that struck me in this and in a lot of teen high school movies is that it's it's pretty one-dimensional. The groups that they have. You've got your jocks cools and you've got your nerds, right? And I'd say at Tucson High or wherever the fuck Ronald Miller and his his co-worts go, it seemed a bit one-dimensional, which got me thinking a bit more about Chroma High, which was (laughs) a a little more nuanced. So if you look at, say, the three of us, right, we had a plethora of interests, from Mm -hmm. fighting for the rights of the student body on the student representative council to rock mashing up contemporary dance and handmade costumes in Rocker To musical theater in Little Shop of Horrors, where we all starred. And uh, later on in The Sound of Music, where Whitey starred. To sport with surfing and rugby and cricket and basketball and baseball. And I was a rock star. Whitey, you were a four-part harmony vocalist and poet. Um it's it's very hard to categorize us as nerds, even though we had some nerdy interests. And Gao, you're even a you're a bit of a foodie. You I remember you took the humble sausage roll and put it into another bread roll and doused it with tomato sauce. For morning tea, and then you followed that up with a fur burger and cheese for lunch, and then you banged a few hot birds like Ronald Miller in his prime. <laughs> Didn't have to pay him though. <laughs> no cash. But he was just hot gal in his prime. Which, yeah, I mean, what do you what do you call us? Like, were we nerds? I don't know. Well, it's like, it's
1: it's quite funny because I posed this in the questions that I don't recall it being so segregated at Cromer High School, where it was like jocks. I, I think we were. We were they what do they call them in baseball? You like a, f- a five tool, five tool player. I think we were five tool players. <laughs> I think we covered all the bases. And look, uh, I still I collect toys now and Star Wars figures. So I got some nerd in me. Don't worry about that. I got some nerd Gow, in me.
2: Gow is a video game hauler. I was talking to M Head about this on, on the weekend because M Head had his rifle out and he was going, oh, you just do it like this, Morgs," and he showed me how to do it. And I was going, that's, that's not fucking fun. It's like watching Gow play video games back in the day. Oh, just let me do this section. It's like, fuck, mate, that's fucking shit. I want to play. So, I, you know, Gow was a, a massive games nerd as well, but I, he was hard to categorize because he was so hot and banged so many hotbirds. So I just, I don't know.
0: <laughs> I'll tell you what. On that segue, what about when they go to the game, to the video game centre? Oh, oh, and Rygar's in the it's background. the
2: best, the all-time greatest game, I've Rygar. got it in good, the bad, the ugly. Yeah, yeah I, I did enjoy all of those games there, but Rygar okay. definitely reminded me of you, yeah. All
1: right, let, let's move into question time because we've done 1987 to death. So I just want to confirm Bobby's allegation. Is what Cindy did prostitution? Would you class it as that? No. She didn't sleep with him. No, she didn't sleep with him. Thought he was harsh.
0: He didn't even hear her out. Well, he was. He's got to be in the bad. He was a terrible actor. He terrible is, scene. He is almost in
1: a in a movie full of bad parts. Yeah, he could be the worst part of this yeah.
0: movie. I, I was just watching, going, "Oh, what is this?" What are they? This was, no wonder the budget was one point eight.
1: His hair was straightened. He'd had the Elabache hair straightener through his hair. It was shit. Yeah,
0: yeah. terrible. Yeah.
1: All right. Okay, so we've we've talked about the, the high school segregation. I don't recall it being that way where you essentially got bashed if you moved out of your quadrant. No. no. Th-
0: that's a, and we're going to get to that. It's a massive American cliche. Absolutely. It, this movie hits every single one.
1: Yeah. Okay, so then in any transformation movie – and Morgs, you're probably the best person to talk about this you've
2: had a few transformations in your life well it's, I, I'm like a chameleon and you, yeah, are, a, I, you are you're yeah. a chameleon you become yeah. a chameleon
1: uh so why is it whenever people change in movies they become absolute cockheads it's every movie like and he talks about it's like uh you know be who you are and be me but they just
0: become dicks that's what I'm saying it's this this movie hits every single cliche of a of movies, of American movies of all time. From the point where he he starts reading out the poetry that she overhears from the door to oh, another God, girl. That's like bad. all this stuff. To to the I don't know if I should get out now. To the point at the end where he has a monologue in the school and everyone starts clapping oh. him. Oh yeah. It's the yeah. worst thing have ever seen. Yeah. God
2: It is so bad. So I rem- bad. I remember you standing up on a chair in the quad gal and you were <laughs> Proph- prophesizing about something, or maybe bullies, or you and the whole student body. Yeah, just got together and slow clapped you. Yeah, I remember that, and then, um and then Sean Monahan filled a water pistol full of piss and sprayed it all over you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <You're>, uh, <laughs> your long term memory—it's amazing. It's amazing. It actually—it actually, it's I'm actually may- improved. Like it just makes stuff it, up yeah, yeah. now. Well, this is it.
1: You, you can have you can have twenty twenty memory if you
0: make everything well, up. Yeah, right? this is the thing because more can't remember what he did five minutes ago. Yeah. And I think now his brain just makes shit up. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, My father-in-law's the same. He'll tell I've stories got, that are just blatant lies. I hope you listening to this, Bobby. Just got, to death.
2: On the back of that, I've just got two points to make. So when Ronald um, Patrick Dempsey turns into a, a fuckwit and he's at school, not a, not a cool fuckwit like all of us film school for fuckwits, no, like an actual fuckwit, he, he's running his get-up with the purple jacket and he's got the black sort of, uh, pants on. But his shoes, he's running the black shoes with the pointy toe, toe and the fucked up bronze bit on the front. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I ran to about five formals, I reckon. Yeah, so yeah. I, I definitely all- struggled.
0: Morgz, there there is a lot of Ronald Miller in your fashion. <laughs> Pith helmets, berets.
2: I, was, I definitely went through a Ronald Miller if, phase. One last question, Gow, for you. Yep, like yep. We could literally do an entire podcast on, on Ronald Miller, but did you, did you always know when hotbirds wanted to root you?
1: <laughs> well, let's get to the next question because what this is hell? a segue perfectly. What the hell? This is perfect. So if, if Ronald slash Gow was so in love <laughs> with Cindy, how didn't he realise in the car that she was up for it? And how come he's so keen to dissolve the relationship? Like, they've gone from zero to hero in four weeks. Surely he's going, this is going pretty good. This is better than I anticipated. And next thing he's like, yeah, let's just, let's end it.
0: It's well, all I, over. I thought about that. And then I think he was so into his own popularity becoming so good that he's just like, yep. And he wasn't even thinking about that anymore. Because he didn't really make ever make a play at her.
1: No and, then, but and he, had he just every thought
0: option. this is the only way to get popular, right? And then he was like, "Cool, now let's end it and make a big story." But do you think he's going to get the girl by rooting his be- by rooting the best friends? Do you know what I mean? Like, it's but he seemed to think it seemed to be working for him. Yeah, it, it did work in the end. Yeah. He got he got everyone. He even got the is that other girl, the one that takes everything. Iris. Iris, Iris, she takes down three other blokes. Yeah, in she loves different things. Yeah, she loves, it. she loves it. She
2: loves it. Yeah,
0: yeah she loves she's it. She's a goer.
1: Yeah, <laughs> she's a goer. All right, now look, we have mentioned a lot of this already but now we're going to move into the categories with the good the bad and the ugly and we'll start with you dan with good what do you got mate
2: uh i look i had two goods for this i think patrick dempsey would give him assholes um because of the character but i think as Playing the angsty teenager to this script, he does it well. So he definitely has an arc. We we do feel a bit of an emotion for him, like he's he's not a very bright character in in realizing that Cindy uh, may want to have a special lie down with him. But it uh, he, do, he does come good at the end, and and I think that. Especially seeing it back when we were kids. We didn't know any better. Like It was like, oh, fucking America, they're, they're so open and forthright and they don't take the piss out of you like you would be stoned to death in Australia if you did that. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, look, I think he does, he does it pretty well. But I think Amanda Peterson is probably the real star of the movie in this. So at 15, she holds her own incredibly. So it makes Cindy Mancini likeable, which if you think about the trope of the head cheerleader in many, many, many movies, they can be, Ursols and and yeah. I think that she transcends that really well. I think Gao they needed you on the script team to write her poetry. That was absolute cuck-up that she <laughs> came out with that Patrick Dempsey was licking her out about. Oh yeah, um, but yeah, Mate, it was really no
1: excellent. kaleidoscope of colours. No way,
2: no. Nah. But she, look, she makes a bit of an archetypal, stereotypical role personal, and uh, yeah, I, I, it's such a shame. I, I would have liked to seen her go on to amazing things because she really lights up the screen. But yeah, um, no, yeah, that, that's really it. Uh, Patrick Dempsey okay. and, and Amanda Potters what about you G-Man well we've already covered mine
0: I had Ronald Miller's do 87 do reminds me of Morgs. his pith helmet running into the beret awesome yeah. awesome fashion the only other one I liked the other fashion was Big John Big John ran the baby pink shirt oh my god oh, I Tired know when he had the pink
1: belt he had the pink belt
0: yeah yeah. Oh. No, and then, but he also when he went to the formal, he had the pink he was matching. bow tie on he, yeah, was matching. He, he wore pink throughout the whole movie he loved god, it. Courtney!
2: <laughs> you got a mushroom vest? You got a mushroom shirt? Um, he he uh, was a bad he was a bad father. Like if yeah. he's like he was known as his legendary father. But I never heard it. I never heard anything. Gao no, Gao is the out. true legendary father. Let us just say out there, fellow F wits. So I, Matthew Gowan is is a force. <laughs> He's world well uh, renowned. Um, yeah, absolutely world well renowned. Man. Yeah. Because you know he's there, like he'll do a three octave fart <laughs> and giggle, that'll go for 11 seconds. So, <laughs> Big John, he's just doing silent but deadly. Who fucking cares? What's funny about an echo yeah. silent fart?
1: Well,
0: the, the funny bit was that poor old Chucky Miller was copped on the end of it both yeah. times that well, was a thing he was hanging out the window
1: yeah see I've got I've got that as the only time that I laughed out loud was when he farted out the window onto Chucky Miller and he and he fucking fell over it's the only time I laughed audibly and he in says the he goes it was more audible what than what was he farts he said, Big, Johnny, Big John's
0: got class and, yeah. My God, and no. then farts out the window alright yeah so anyway I, I've got
1: a, I've had to dig deep for some goods I've got the theme song right that's the best yeah. part of the whole movie right thanks Beatles thank you you brought something to the movie uh, what? But I th- we've we've completely glossed over Ronnie's dad's jukebox in the lounge room.
2: That was fucking sick. Yeah. Ronnie's yeah. Ronnie's dad's like a, a, a bit of a sick cunt. Like he's quite, yeah. he Like he's not revered at the time, and they give him assholes about his car. His car is sick, and it's yeah. way cooler than yeah. all the other vehicles yeah. and stuff in there. Yeah. Like I think he's uh, he's he's maligned. Uh, unfortunately, I think that. But if he didn't man. run.
0: If he didn't run tic tac tiles down the side of it, <laughs> would have been But even car. that was kitschy, like
2: it was cool. Yeah. So no, what I don't know. What it was a, looked like a bit like looked like a bit like Vera Morgs. But what about It did look a lot like Vera, so uh, if we twin Gao and I were on our travels, over, we travelled together to Canada um, many, many moons ago. And we bought a $500 vehicle this time, a station wagon. It was named Vera. And it was very similar to that which Chucky's dad drives. And we used to drive along. We went through Hope in BC, and that's where we went looking for Rambo. And we did some amazing adventures. But there was one problem. I would lie down in the back of it and try and have a power snooze. Uh, when we're on big long trips, which you, you think that's fine. Like if the guy's tired, like he's living a big life. He's uh, he's a ski instructor. He's he's um, you know he, he's knocking off a few of the locals. He's he's living quite quite the life over here. He's reinvented himself as as gals um, like hot Walk's mate two point six yeah yeah anyway. But I would I would get, I would try and get catch up on my like on my time on these massive commutes, and I would get done for 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 doing power snoozes for getting winks, and I would have to buy a jug and i just wasn't having it so yeah it's a bit of a never-ending story you were you
0: but. were charged you were charged with buying a jug well, i don't know how beautiful. many jugs we got look but this was right sorry just, yeah. this was right in the middle of morgues's beret wearing you know <laughs> he was overseas no one knew him so he ran he ran a beret yeah Wait. I mean, then he dyed his hair blonde i don't know it's I, I look we it need, still triggers me it, it's the dyed you didn't hair didn't talk to me dole- for like three weeks
2: it's
1: still tri- it's triggering. Yeah, sorry. Look, the dye blonde hair does me look. And I'm going to allow this week. I'll allow the Canada chat because we did break into the Canadian film charts for Apple Podcasts. So we oh. broke in this, and I think oh. it's got something to do with with your guys' travel. But it the feedback was just keep it fucking tight
2: when we talk about this shit, right? Um. <laughs> so <If> it, can <laughs> I can I just opine? that there'd be a few hot birds that are getting on a bit these days that have downloaded it to hear the dulcet tones of m and I'll <laughs> just, just leave just, it at that. Just easy there, Tiger.
0: <laughs> I'm just, pretty
1: sure. Just, But but, just quite, just between you and me, G-Man, did any of your uh, conquests, did any of them go to bat for the other team after you would sort of hooked up with them?
0: No, not mine.
1: Right, okay. Let's move on. Anyway, moving on. So uh, I've got a couple more goods. I've got Best Dance Band of All Time. Yes. They are really excellent. good. Yeah, They were a, really
0: yeah. good.
2: And it's not enough time was trope. given to them. That's yeah, a, a trope, trope. for, for yeah, but, all teen movies when they, they have the dance. But they yeah. were excellent. Yeah. yeah. Very good best call. Dance
1: Band of All And not enough time was given to them, right? No. They, were, they were underdone. I've got the, the arcade. We've already spoken about that. Rygar, my favorite arcade game of all time, 1942 and enduro ratio, have got front and centre. And then how can we forget French kissing in the USA? Yes. Ah, What a track.
2: What a great track.
1: Was changed uh, by myself and the King Brown and uh, promiscuous D-I-C-K to A-fucking in the USA. Uh, And we would sing that quite a bit on the golf course. Uh, that song was written
0: by Chuck Lorre. <laughs> oh, it
2: really? was. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, the guy man. he invented all the uh, all the, the big sitcoms. Like, um, yeah. Oh, really? And, oh, I believe it. Two and a yeah. half Men oh, and
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, big, Bang did, big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory. Yeah, he did it. He's done man, tons man, of them. Man, but yeah, man, he, he wrote that man, song. Men, men,
2: men,
0: men.
1: Okay, man. let's move into the bad. We'll start with you, G-Man.
0: Hit me. We've already covered <laughs> most of mine because I I went up early, but. The this: it's every 80s cliche of a movie you could possibly ask for. And then some. They're all in here, ah, every single one. I can think I say in them. its
2: defense, they invent a lot they of them. They invent yeah. them. They so invent whilst, whilst it is, it, and that's why, <clears throat> if you guys haven't seen this movie, you've seen this movie reproduced in so Absolutely. many other films. Yeah. So probably a little unfair to, to to call them out on that. But yes, it yeah. certainly hits every trope imaginable. Hits everyone. Team, but-
0: Bobby, terrible actor, got him already. <laughs> Eight, the, the final speech it's like a modern-day meme, and then everyone clapped. You know, that's bad. But the one that I got that we haven't talked about is when they go to egg Kenneth's house, yep. they all turn up in the world's biggest bright orange van, park it across the street. Across the street. Then they call Ronnie by name going, Go, Ronnie, go and throw the shoot on the door. Yeah. And yeah. then he gets caught. And, and they're going, we're going to catch one of these guys tonight. When the van's parked across the road with its number plate, it's just such a bad scene. Yeah, shit. Such I, a bad now, scene.
2: I've, I thought this may have been where you found your lifelong love for Bedford vans because this. No, I love the van. The van's awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah. You, you, no. You've been a bit of massive Bedford guy for uh, all our lives.
0: No, I love that van. That van is awesome. Yeah, the van's cool. Very cool. I saw a Bedford van down the road the other day here locally.
2: Yeah, it's always them. such. Oh, they look so, so sick from the outside, but you get inside and they yeah. are just. They're, you they're know, just they they're, like, they're, they're they're rudimentary.
1: They are uh, they are. That's she, the problem. She grew big fat girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you, Dan? Um, look,
0: I'll go, Still go. I got I got one more bad. Go for it. Who picked this movie? <laughs> they're bad. <laughs> That's bad.
2: <laughs>
1: uh, uh, and on that segue, get yeah, uh, Morgs. What have you got for bad?
2: I I just had the whole script. Like it. It just it's it's in watching it again. I don't know if we've just been. We expect too much of of similar genre films these days, but there are a lot snappier. There's a lot more comedy. There were just so many on-the-nose moments with this script where it was just like, oh, really? That's what you think these people would say to each other at this time? So, yeah, that was disappointing. But I, I think more to do with uh, a snapshot of that particular film in 1987 versus what we would get to now. And I actually look at some films in film school for F-Wits this week. It's actually 11. I could only narrow it down to 11 teen uh, high school flicks that you should watch infinitely more than uh, Can't Buy Me Love. So we'll check that out in film school for F-Wits, F-Wits.
1: Okay. So I've got a few. I've got cheerleading. I fucking hate it. She I hate Cindy,
2: Cindy wasn't much of a cheerleader.
1: The rest of them she go a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she, she dances for 10 seconds and then she's just counting and she can't even fucking count. No. She can't even do the four count properly, right? Damo would, be, That's would
2: she, be very unimpressed she, with this. She she wouldn't make the barracks, the barrack dad's dance crew. That's for No, what she no right. way. She's, she's got all the Wesley in her.
1: Yeah. We've mentioned berets and dump rags. There's a, the creepiness on the girls in this movie, and we're going to get to a serious one in ugly, but him looking at her through the chainmail fence is wrong. Uh. All, I said all the boys look 30. Like the boys look yeah, way they, too of old. Of course they do. Uh, crippling credit card debt. Cindy must have tens of thousands of dollars on her mum's credit card, right? And how a single mum can survive, whether she her husband who left or died was a zillionaire, I don't understand it. But she's got three credit cards that she's prancing around the mall with. That's what
0: you did in those days. You had your Diners Club, for sure, and it helmets. didn't matter because it was a. Yeah. So you could be out of credit, and didn't matter. But a mum had that bloke. He, leave he him. Was full leave, of cash.
1: leave. 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 Rock. Rock's coming. Cindy's date to the dance in his tassel jacket, the college boy, in his Porsche. Loser. And his yeah, Porsche. What yeah. a loser!
2: It reminded me a bit of M. Ray and the anal probe. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know why, but I could He loved can, the anal. Oh, I just oh, blue one. We, we all love the anal. Uh, shout out right. to M. Ray, but I don't know. I just I pictured M. Ray, who is a very handsome man as well, uh, yeah. turning up, going back, maybe seeing a chick that's still still in high school as he's off at Sydney Uni, uh, doing his finance course, and just turning up in the anal probe as the big guy on campus. I don't know. It just yeah. it just got me thinking.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Better than that than the dog cock red Lexen that he had the car before. <laughs>
2: D.C.R. Um, I, no,
1: nobody yeah, the DCR. likes the D.C.R. No, no, the D.C.R. needs to be given a wide berth. Uh, look, I had Bobby as well, so we'll move on. Ugly. Now I'm going to start with Ugly because Gao, you've got me. Mum's boyfriend, Rock, could be the creepiest ever character in the history of cinema. It it's was awful. really creepy. It was awful, terrible.
2: So an I 87 think, American cliche. The, the director certainly didn't leave much of the imagination, too, when it has 15 year old Cindy uh, doing up her white shirt with, uh, with a bikini on underneath for Rock to just uh, lick yeah. his lips to. It was, yeah, it was pretty awful.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's pretty bad. God, it was bad. I also had crop tops for men.
2: Hate them. There's so many what crop about, tops. What about Jerry Maguire with um, the Kush when he runs that on the training pitch?
1: Yeah, I would say that, but he's training. These guys are walking around school with crop but tops on.
2: I, I, I get it, but what it wouldn't have done anything more for his training than it would have done for these guys. No, of it's course, of course isn't it's not. Fashion. Isn't that what they do? That,
0: yeah, they use they those do. as training shirts because the, the NFL-type shirts, are, they, they always crop them they seem to. That's, that's, a, that's did, a, fashion. Did else, a fashion.
1: Did anyone else notice in Betty Donnan's home economics class that the Hispanic guy's got no shirt on, just his apron? So oh, he doesn't, actually he doesn't is. have a shirt yeah. on, he's just got his apron on? And I'm like, what's? Yeah. And even even like Isabel goes, is there no dress code at this school? doesn't <laughs> have a shirt on. If a nine year old picks it up, I'm like,
0: yeah,
1: <laughs> do what they want. I've got to say, her best friends are the are two of the worst human beings on planet Earth. Yes, two of the worst human beings on planet.
2: I like Earth. the I like the tall one's headband, the yellow piece where it's got the little <laughs> bits dangling down. I thought that was pretty hot. And but it, what about you know? the other one
1: who who had the lipstick on her
2: cheek, like it was like. She had a band in and stuff in her hair. It's and she a snap, had makeup. snapshot in time. Like, I, oh, I can remember God. going down to Ringham Hall and seeing those birds exactly like that all the time.
1: Yeah, that's right. On. And then I just had the clap. The clap. Yeah, the clap. And they clapped. It was almost, I know there wasn't much left in the movie, but I nearly turned it off. I was yeah, like, it was, please. it was so bad. Yeah, I'm it was like, such a bad scene. Oh, God. It made a shit movie worse. Yeah. What about you, Gary? I don't think for ugly. No, we've hit everything. Yeah. The
0: whole movie's ugly, but anyway,
2: <laughs> what about you, Dan? Anything for ugly? Oh, I had the same. I had Rock, the filthy pedo, and oh um, god. I, I also wanted to touch on the casting agents again. Like this, I don't know if it set a precedent where every other casting agent thought that teenagers looked like thirty-year-olds because it just it didn't look like anyone was uh, actually cast remotely near their age for uh, for 17 18 whatever it was certainly all of uh, Cindy's friends were uh, misaligned with her age so But yeah. See,
0: yeah but and I get that but I think back cuz I watched this, as we said a few times and I don't remember and maybe it's cuz you're young you don't don't think about their age cuz you just don't really No it wasn't until I knew their ages and looked back and went god yeah they look out of place but Well they can't do half the stuff that they do if they're the real age that they are
1: Yeah so they've got to be 30 so they can Root in the bathroom. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway. All right. I think that'll do. Let's move on to Morgz's Quick
2: Fire. What do you got, Dan? Yes, Which We'll get into this very quick this week. So Quick Fire, that's not a knife for a scene from the movie a la Crocodile Dundee. Mick Dundee, that's not a knife that has passed over into popular culture. I'm going to say absolutely Zero.
1: I think the movie itself. I think the movie itself has created this sort of movie. It so has been a hundred transformation movies. It's like it's almost as you said. It's created a lot of the tropes. I don't
2: know if this was the first one though. There's no, it's quite not a few movies before that. Uh, there's
1: there's but the whole candle yeah, the, yeah. the
2: uh, yeah. you know the transformation that all all that shit. Yeah. It's, it's definitely became a well trodden path. But no, I'm with you, Waddy. You're right. There's, uh, it was definitely a torchbearer for uh, a lot of the tropes that we've seen over the next still 20, shit years. though um yeah. philip Stuckey in pretty woman for the biggest douchebag character uh i, I mean rock fairly yeah, rock. yeah Rock's really bad. what about what about Quint? the Quint, guy,
1: Quint's not good the guy who throws the wine on her and then he just thinks he's the man the guy at the end who's yeah tries to bash, and that, tries to bash the redheaded guy. guy quinn's yeah. in let the party begin yeah um I'm class yeah i'm, I'm, I'm it's terrible
2: I'll accept either of those. Uh, the cast of Katy Shack for an actor or actors that aren't quite sure what movie they're in, Seth Green is on a completely different plane to everyone he is, else in this movie. He is, isn't so he? He's, uh, yes. yeah. He, and as, as a 12-year-old, he's created a very unique character that is just tonally so off with everyone else in the movie. So he's funny, but his lines would have been funny if he didn't uh, – a- affect that uh, the character that he that he chose uh, very weird on the on the. I don't know r- how he revisit. doesn't get
1: bashed to death by his brother.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Like you bash bashing to death. Yeah, he's he's copying
0: it from yeah, his brother. Seriously. Although his brother is Ronnie Miller. So. Yeah,
1: but still, even Ronnie could take him out. Don't punch him in the teeth though.
0: No, you take him out. I just don't think he does that kind of thing. He's Ronnie Miller.
1: Donald. Who's next? What's up next, <laughs> uh Morgs?
2: Um, Ripley running for our favourite Sigourney Weaver and her particularly poor show of athletic prowess in the Aliens franchise Uh, in this movie. Any particularly bad shows of athletic prowess? We talked about Amanda Peterson as the uh, cheerleader. Gow, you you mentioned one before.
0: The anteater dance. (laughs) The whole anteater (laughs) dance is just terrible.
2: Now, a quick fact
0: about that, they actually brought Paula Abdul in as a choreographer for yeah, that, that yeah. because they were going to do it and they didn't want to be culturally insensitive and put something up there that was going to, you know, offend people. So they brought her in to make something, to make a dance up and then she made up the anti-dance to make it something that would not offend but still have the funny, the laugh part to it. But that was terrible. Yeah, it was bad.
2: I, I didn't mind it. I, I don't He think owned it. Or, yeah, he did. He owned it and uh, it, it it sort of – I, I guess all the uh, the people were caught up in the Ronnie Miller Renaissance, the MacGonagallance, all right, all right, all right. right. So, to me, it's
0: as bad as like if everyone starts watching this guy have a fit on the stage, and then they in two minutes later, everyone's doing the dance. It's like the
2: clap scene. It's outrageous. Okay. <laughs> I'll accept it. <laughs> it's outrageous. Uh, it's
1: outrageous. <laughs>
2: Robot sentries, <laughs> also from the movie Aliens, for an extra scene that you'd love that would explain a bit more about this movie. Um, I don't know what else you wanted to know about this movie. Anything Nothing was revealed. Yeah,
1: make it eighty-four minutes, please.
2: Okay. It's a, it's a
0: fairly simple plot, you know, oh, straightforward. So it doesn't need too much. You know, you don't need too much backstory
2: to it. Yeah, yeah. No, no I I would have liked to have known if. How Ronald got his ride on mower, if uh, if he's old, he's bought that, and if he had to lease it from them, like how, if he was just making total freight. Like I was interested in the economics of his mail business because thirty five cents a mile did seem. Nah, you can quite- have that. Yeah, that wasn't four dollars.
0: Was he making four dollars sixty-four an hour, or four dollars sixty-four a lawn, whatever he said? No,
2: I thought it was thirty-five cents a mile, and he did over a thousand miles. So yeah, yeah. And he, he, he said
0: something about four dollars. I can't remember. Why do you did think he about be a mile
2: here? of mowing like that? He was he was getting ripped. But yeah, if we go back to Narbugan, the uh, the, the former Mate, business. Just one more. Oh, wow. He never said one more.
0: Why? <laughs> are you going to run us through his technique of cutting here? How bad was it? He was, was bad. Good, bad cutter. He
1: kept turning the mower on and off.
0: Yeah, stay one. Really yeah. odd that. Yeah. it's it, 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 you. keep it running. Then he remember that, that stage he he turns it off, the turns back on and goes, "Say sorry to your mum" because he turned on at six in the morning, but yeah. then turned it back on. Yeah, he's
1: an idiot. Yeah, it was bad. Ronnie's an idiot. No matter how many funky berets he wears, he's an idiot.
2: Ah, oh, look, I think I think it's all forgiven when he runs that Stetson at the end though, the black one. Oh god, <laughs> you would have got
1: blood. There was uh, all, you had half a bar. I, watching yeah,
2: that. I, I definitely had a Thanks. stiffy. So thought he was uh, John Travolta from Urban
1: Cowboy. Yeah, he, he was did. riding
0: his steel horse on the way home with his hat on. He's a
1: cowboy
2: <laughs> on a steel moor ride. And I'm wanted. Well uh, excellent. Whitey's Brad Pitt for actor in there that you would like to do what gal does and root hot birds. <laughs> Uh, anyone that really jumped
1: out? It's with you. Yeah, the the bird at the bikini, yellow yellow bikini at the pool that's talking to the yep. uh, the midriff shirt. And there's also is it Tara or whatever is in the brown sort of suit at the. There's a few good sorts in this movie. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yeah. Uh, and the friend
1: that says you haven't seen any like these, have you? Well, I do have cable.
0: That that was uh, uh,
1: what was her name I know. Iris. I was, oh, no, Iris. it wasn't Iris. It was one of the best friends. Oh, when they're in the too. car. Yeah. yeah well, my parents child. do have cable. Yeah, my parents do have cable.
2: I think that I think that this I mean, if it's obviously marketed a lot at teen girls, this film, and I, I think they probably got a bit ripped, as a, a lot of the dudes were um were, were certainly no no young Matt Gowans and uh, the Patrick Dempsey didn't become McDreamy for another thirty years. so yeah, I, I tend to agree it was probably the females that were more rootable as a viewer. so yeah anyway, oh, that was quick fire. Okay,
1: well done. Uh we'll, we'll slide into listen to this and we'll talk about some of the trivia and rumors behind the production. Dan, you want to lead us away?
0: Yeah, I do. <laughs> there um there was an original title to this movie. It's amazing. Morgs, what do you reckon the original title of this movie was?
2: I have no idea, but it can't can't buy me love. I actually don't mind it as a title can't buy me love, but yeah. They, no, they, but, yep.
0: The producer had to come out with We cut my love because the original title of this movie was going to be "Boy Rents Girl," (laughs) and that's not a joke. That was written by the poet that wrote the poetry for us. But then the director and the producers went, "Oh, it sounds a little sexist." Oh, do you think? And one of the um, one of the female producers actually went, "Yeah, this is not good. Like, we can't do this." And that's why I said before it got turned around because it was going to have it was going to be much more blokey and have. A lot more edgy stuff in it, and be a bit an, an older audience, and then they turned it around to a PG because they thought we won't get the people in this. And it was actually the former Disney CEO who suggested "Can't Buy Me Love" being the title.
2: I think it's, I think you did well. It's, I a, think good, it's, it's a, a good title. title. It's a way better title than.
1: The title is by far and away the best part of the movie.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yes. Yes.
0: Look, the other one I had was that Paul Abdul choreographed the dance scene. We've we've been through that, um, and just quietly. Can't Buy Me Love obviously was a hit for the Beatles, but by 1987, it was owned by Michael Jackson. He bought the he rights He bought the to it. whole,
1: he bought the whole, uh, cata- uh, he bought the back catalog. The whole thing, whole catalog. Yeah. yeah.
0: So they had to pay uh, Michael Jackson 100 grand to use this in the movie. It's a fair whack of the budget.
1: Wow. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Well, it's temp- so, um, nearly
0: 20% of the budget. Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah. That's me. Nice. Well done.
1: Okay. Uh, look, does anyone notice that when uh, Ronnie, the creep, goes into the ladies' bathroom? When the teacher comes out, she doesn't wash her hands and just grabs his yeah. ear and then oh. just walks out. Wrong. Rank. Wrong. That's child Bruce. That's abuse What Bruce. was
2: the teacher doing taking a dump in the kids' shitters yeah, as well? Yeah, you got your own shitter. Yeah, no, that's us Move
1: on. She had that old granny shit too. That'd be terrible. Oh, how, terrible.
0: But how could they make the trope if they did that? Like, it was obviously, as soon as he walked in there and put his ear up and started yeah.
1: fingering oh, yeah. the door, yeah. That
0: yeah. it wasn't going to be her yeah, in was, the toilet. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. it.
1: Uh, look, Patrick Dempsey is an avid car collector and used his money to buy his first car, which funnily enough was a Porsche, not unlike the one seen in the film, minus the chocolate thick shake that wasn't that thick. No, it wasn't. No,
0: it was Th- a milkshake. That, that was a fair gripe, though. He had a fair gripe. A Fair gripe. Definite fair gripe. He was an asshole, but like, it wasn't a thick milkshake. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, to be honest, not much else. Not much else about this movie. I think the sooner this podcast is over, the better, to be honest. <laughs> uh, anything else, G Man?
0: No, no, let's move on.
1: Uh, okay, one degree. Does anyone have a one degree of Kurt Russell?
0: Oh, gosh. I do. Okay, hit us with it. Okay. Is this one degree or one and
2: a half
1: degrees? No, it's one degree. So, Seth Green. Plays the voice of Howard the Duck in Guardians of the Galaxy Two. True that. Kurt Russell is in Guardians of the Galaxy. 2. There you go.
0: He does Ah, too. Seth
1: Green. Seth Green
0: plays the voice of Howard the Duck in all of those movies, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So anything
1: Quigley down under?
0: No Quigley. No no no, Quigley. There was no Quigs. Not that I could find. No.
1: All right. What about we move on to quotables and G-Man?
0: Yeah I've got a couple. Yeah. It'll be the same ones you have. Yep. Chucky Miller when his brother says he's going to play cards with his mates. Oh my God. Who could beat a night of cards, chips, dips and dorks? <laughs> it was great. Oh. He did deliver myself.
2: that well. That was yeah. uh, He get he gets some good. good lines for sure. It's just the yeah. his character that's fucking weird.
0: Yeah, he's odd. The the other one I got is the camera shop guy when he's when he's talking to the camera shop guy about buying the new telescope. Oh, right. Yeah. And he says to him Oh, you see, it gives you an erect image instead of upside down. And then he sees, he spots Cindy in the crowd, and goes, Oh, yeah, I see the erection.
1: <laughs> He's wrong. He's wrong. What about at the dance? Look, it's a nerd herd. Yes. <laughs> and they just can't sit back down. And
2: <laughs> they all just sit That down. was wrong. Take a step back. That was wrong. <laughs>
1: uh, and I got, I got one, and this is Quint. Uh, it made me just shake my head at how poor the way I made him. Quint, I've learned to appreciate the finer things in life. I even travel with my own wine. You know, the quality you may encounter at a soiree. And he's holding the wine and drinking it out of the bottle. And he smells it. And then she goes, very classy. And he goes, hmm, I'm into class. It's my new thing. My fucking hell, yeah.
0: Quint. Uh, a- uh, Someone on, I said before, like, Quinton is in. Let the fun begin when the party starts. <laughs> and Big John just looks and goes, you're such an asshole.
1: No, he's an <laughs> asshole.
0: I, I got I got one more. It was funny at the end when uh, when Ronnie was ostracized and he's sitting on his own under the tree, like in mm. the, in the garden. Actually, no. Sorry, it's when he's sitting at the table. He went he sits on his own. And everyone again, everyone gets up and moves away from yeah, him. Yeah, Like he's a leper. Um, the transfer girl stands next to him. Yeah, it's funny. And says, "Didn't you take economics? You could have had me for dollars
1: <laughs> That was good. She looks about ten feet tall too. That's a, that's a good bang for your buck, that one. Uh all right. Now Film School
2: The F wits. Yes, fellow F wits. I mentioned earlier on that this film may have been uh have have pushed a little bit of heightened nostalgia into my frontal lobe when thinking about how we enjoyed it back as 12, 13, 14-year-olds. But I don't want it to malign the teen high school film experience because there are a lot of films that are infinitely better than Can't Buy Me Love. And I've just chosen my favourite 11, which I'll go through very quickly or be here all night. Now, no particular order, but just movies that I've enjoyed from recently to, to many years ago, so we don't um, we don't, I won't dive into them too much other than to ask if you guys have seen them. So the first one is "Me and Earl and the Dying Girl" from 2015. So did you guys see that? Yes, I did. Yeah, um, uh, Thomas Mann, Olivia Cook, Nick Offerman's in it as well. Uh, great flick. Absolutely great! Uh, it's a, a it's an awkward senior guy and a, a super gravely ill classmate to, um, become friends. Pretty simple premise, but it's uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really sweet, enjoyable movie. Nice for a date night if you like, but um, definitely worth a look and, uh, and and certainly a bit more gravitas than Can't Buy Me Love. Gow, you seen that one? Please, <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's one you would have seen. Gao, Friday Night Lights. <laughs> yeah, cracker. From 2004, what a great flip. Like I, I would re, I revisit this at least. Sorry. <coughs> I'll do that again. Sorry. Oh, another one uh, from this one from 2004, Friday Night Lights. Yeah, you definitely would have seen this one
0: hundred percent. This is a yeah. great movie.
2: Look, Billy Bob Thornton, directed by Peter Berg. Uh, Lucas Black's in there as the as the quarterback. It's what a great flick. I, I would revisit this every year for sure. And you know, I, on YouTube, I watch the uh, the Dallas and the, the final game basically where they play the, uh, the the huge team, and they've got that Refuse song, New Noise, as they enter the stadium. And I, I literally will watch that on YouTube uh, more often than I should be. So absolutely awesome flick and uh, and and one that i would thoroughly recommend to everyone why do you you would have loved watching that
1: absolutely it's a good yeah.
2: movie uh the third one you all would have seen don't know that it'll get made today and it's only 15 years old but super bad with Michael's, michael michael mm. sarah jonah hill christopher Mintz plass and uh, and bill hader and uh the other uh the other jonah. Um, yeah, wow. I th- it's, look, it's more of an authentic take on friendship, I guess, with all the shit that they give each other. But, uh, you know, lo- lots of tropes. But I think just takes what Can't Buy Me Love did but just adds a way better script, way more it's interesting It's a great movie. Heap of comedy. Yeah, look, something you could watch today. Probably wouldn't get made today. but um, it, And very, very similar tropes in some respects to, uh, to Can't Buy Me Love but just done a whole lot better. This one I know we, we've spoken about very briefly, but who's yours? From nineteen eighty six, great uh, movie, yeah, crack with Gene, of a movie. Gene Hackman, probably the least uh, the least likely love story or least believable love story. Ugh. Barbara Hershey and Gene Hackman definitely are in different films. Um, Dennis Hopper has a good turn as uh, the piss cat uh, who ca- who comes good. But look, this, uh, this is about basketball in rural midwestern uh, US from the fifties, I think it is, and uh, yeah. just. Excellent performances and, and just another look at at the high school experience. Uh, Election from nineteen ninety nine. So now yeah, great movie. Alexander Payne, Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, Witherspoon, very young Reese Witherspoon. Yeah. Matthew Broderick, Chris Klein's in there, in yep. a very funny role as well. Um, the Osmire from uh, the American Pie films. But if you haven't seen it, go and check this out. It's uh, it's Matthew Broderick's a, a well liked um, school teacher, and and uh, his nemesis is Reese Witherspoon's Tracy Flick, and. Uh, very, very enjoyable. Doesn't film. Doesn't his face blow up? Yeah, like gets stung gets by bee. Yeah, that's, stung right, by that's right. It's a yeah. it's a bloody funny film. Alexander it's Payne. It's very was good. Two Sideways and uh, the um, the the one in Hawaii with George Clooney as well did some really yeah, good descendants. Films, like descendants. Descendants the is so, excellent. Yeah. Excellent. No, Alexander Payne is, uh, is is brilliant. So that was his first film and uh, and and just excellent. Uh, another one back from only two years after Can't Buy Me Love, but infinitely better with Heather's. With Winona Rider, Christian Slater, Shannon Doherty's first role. Um, it's uh, Good Winona Rider's part of a clique and basically Christian Slater starts killing off anyone that she has beef with and it's a, it's a fantastic movie and one that probably would, uh, would worth be revisiting instead of Can't Buy Me Love. Uh, number seven, another recent one, and I'll, I'll keep this quick so we can get through it, but did you guys see Book Smart? So Booksmart. Oh, no, I didn't see Booksmart, no. Olivia, Olivia Wilde directed it and uh, it's- That's really, it's relatively new. 2019, coming of yeah. age comedy, a um, couple yeah. of super bright chicks who decide that all they've done is study their entire lives so they're going to cut sick uh, and go to parties. I mean, really funny and just some zingers in there, really tight script, directed really well. Jason Sudeikis is in there as well. Um, yeah, thoroughly recommend and, and just a, a different high school teen experience. This one, number eight, is very different to any uh, that we've discussed, but one that is a must-watch out there for you if, we, if you haven't seen it. It's Hoop Dreams, the documentary from 1994. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah like wow. it, Basically, it charts some African-American teenagers that go to an all-white school and they dream of NBA stardom. And it, it's actually shot over five years. And uh, it's the, the, the social and physical obstacles that they face – Uh, that that are captured on film. Just an incredible, acclaimed documentary. And if you haven't seen it, just a a, a very different view of the team, jock high school experience and very sad but uh, amazing film. Uh, Number nine, one that will end up on this, so I won't go into too much, but a favourite of mine and Whitey's is Juno with Ellen Page, again with Michael Cera, Jennifer Garner, Jason Bateman. We love the Bateman. Um, Love Bateman. Jason Reitman directs fucking funny as balls film. Uh, another one that I would uh, I would revisit every year, so definitely worth a look. Um, final two, one that will be a solo podcast on this great <laughs> podcast network one of these days. I, of course, refer to Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Cameron Crowe's semi-autobiographical uh, movie about his life as a, as a high school teenager. What a fucking ripping movie. Um, amazing turns from Sean Penn, Jennifer Jason Leigh, where she's actually excellent in this. Judge Reinhold, the um, director by Amy Heckling. but if you haven't seen it, I don't know why, but please go and check it out this week. Just fantastic. You've got fantastic
0: turn from Nicolas Cage in this movie. Man. He
2: is. He's Nicolas Coppola in this. He's credited. This. He's he Nicolas Coppola. Changed his name after this because he wanted to get out of the shadow of his famous uncle so uh yeah but he, yeah, he's yeah. he's uh, yeah. he's one that, of the-
1: that, that that was that worked yeah. <laughs> the only reason he got any fucking jobs is because he was a copperluck. Like. Sure, judge his it name.
2: was. Sure, it was. But look, finally, number 11, one that I've mentioned many times on this Dazed and Confused baseball from 1993. Beast. So <laughs> Richard bit Jason Lunder, Wiley Wiggins, who would win the Ripley Award in quick fire for his pathetic attempts at <laughs> baseball pitching, <laughs> mm. Sasha Gentian, Maury Cochran. Uh, look, coming of age films don't get any better than this. This set off a whole um, suite of. Hollywood actors that went on to amazing big things with uh, Ben Affleck amongst it as O'Banion. But, uh, yeah, look at this, 1976 in Austin. If you don't want to go back in time and get yourself a ute and live in Austin at the time of Dazing and Fuse, then you're not living. So Matthew McConaughey, of course, comes out with his all, all right, all right, all right, and uh, just nice. an incredible film. That's 11. I could probably rate another 30 that you'd watch before. Can't buy me <laughs> love, but let's uh, let's let's leave it there.
1: Yeah, well, well done, Dan. A very elaborate. Film I try, yeah, reference. and
2: I tried to stay away from the obvious ones, like all of the, um, you know, your your breakfast clubs and everything that we've yes. seen. So I I try to make it a little more quirky. But there's if you want to hit us up on on the MySpace or the TikToks and suggest any that you guys think I won't read it, but oh, one I'm, of these look, one of these guys will.
1: Yeah, absolutely, Dan. I'm sure Strangles will be watching a couple of them this week and get into it, back online. Uh, Look, okay, so now we move into a kick-ass credit songs and I'm up on the mic and I'm not going to tell you the title of the song because it'll give away and you'll get it uh, throughout the song. Now, this is one of the true sort of two two to three-minute sort of composings that I've done, like it was very quick, but we'll see how we go. Okay. Um, not going to give you the title. You can figure it out at the end. Uh, here we go. Uh, if I'll get uh, I'll get Sydney to count me in. One, three, eight, six. Donald or Ronald or Ronnie the Nerd, they're all the same person, he's a bit of a turd. He's mowing the lawns to get cash for a living, he's gonna fuck up and he won't be forgiven. He pays the hot Cindy to be his girlfriend, he won't realize it's the beginning of the end. He thinks he's cool because he ripped off his sleeves, in the bathroom with Iris she'll get on her knees. Cindy's best friends are fucking annoying, they'll sell that to share him. They're too busy whoring. Ninety-four minutes was a pretty heavy act. It's called cat barmy love. But I can't buy that time back. Very, very good. Finally. That was fucking got there. Yeah. Terrible. Well done. Good song. Covered it all. Yeah. Covered it all in there. Covered all the big players. (laughs) Yeah. Nice. Iris on her knees. Yeah, Iris copped it. She certainly did. She certainly copped it. She was an easy conquest, apparently.
2: It was uh, different melody like usual songs as well. You've definitely Yeah, I it up.
1: changed it up, which is why I fucked it so many times. <laughs> or got it the first time as it as it seemed in the edit in the Seamless,
2: edit.
1: seamless edit. Seamless, seamless edit. Okay, look, star of the show, uh, Gal.
0: Let's start with you. Oh, geez, I haven't even thought of this. Um, star of the show, I ought to go with this. We do it every week. I know, okay. and I didn't think about it. Um, yeah. let's go with Patrick Dempsey. Okay. This, this, started, this started his uh his ascension to, you know stardom in the mid 90s or late 80s mid 90s yep. uh, until he had a career break but then came back but this is where it all really really got on the train for him so he actually plays this role pretty well yeah you know he's he's very believable and this was one of the things they didn't want someone that was well known for this role because no one would have believed it yeah because if it was someone famous they go well he's not a dork right so they had to get someone that wasn't so that they was a dog go, that, that they well, it wasn't known so they couldn't because otherwise they just didn't think that that someone be able to take that part and make yeah. it real. So that's why he got chosen for this. And I think he does really well and he does change, you know, that whole, not even just clothes, but the whole personality. So I'm going to give it to Patrick Dempsey. Okay. What
1: about you, uh, Dan?
2: Yeah, I, uh, Patrick Dempsey, I thought was very good in this film. I'm not going to give it to Amanda Peterson. I thought as a 15 year old to essentially carry this film uh, she yep. did incredibly well. Incredibly sad that we didn't see more of her uh, later on and uh, she succumbed to uh, substance issues. But, uh, yeah, in this film I think she was brilliant.
1: Yeah, I'm with you, Dan. I'm going with Amanda Peterson. I think she did. She was a star in the making and it was a shame. Whatever happened to her on the the making of this movie that broke her, it's uh, it's not right and it is uh, a, quite a disgrace that we didn't get to see more of her and her life uh, ended early. So RIP to Amanda Peterson and you know but she gets my star of the show. Uh okay so look if you love this we went through 11 movies on the flip side uh and we got Gau's got a couple that weren't in there or maybe one that wasn't in there so what do you got for you if you like got this Got one
0: Morgs would have Morgs would have covered this I'm sure 16 candles. Yeah now Morgz, were you going to cover that? I left, I'm just the, give you the, I left
2: all the John Hughes ones, but yes, I can definitely yeah. I can see if it's a what else to watch from the era, very similar time. I think it was maybe 86, 16 Candles. Yeah, it was 86, so, but just yeah.
0: this, is, this, is, this is the quick rundown of the movie. Samantha's life is going downhill fast. The 16-year-old has a crush on the most popular boy in school and the geekiest boy in school has a crush on her. Her sister is getting married with all the excitement the rest of the family forgets her birthday. Add to this two sets of horrendously embarrassing grandparents, a foreign exchange student named Long Duck Dong, my name's Long Dong, <laughs> uh, and behold the makings of a hilarious journey into young womanhood. So there are a lot of the same tropes in that movie, and we don't need to go into detail because we just covered a heap. The other one I really wanted to add was, if you like this, you like Teen Wolf. You take away the wolf suit, and it's pretty much the same. It's the, same, much the movie. same story, very it cool. Is pretty yeah. much the same movie. Yeah, um, and but. Michael J. Fox does a lot better job in *Team Wolf. It's a great movie that we like, but a lot of the same, same cliches in that movie, which was two years before. Yep. Um, it was a, 85, that is yeah. 87. So yep. that's what I think. It's, it's a lot like that.
1: Okay, cool. What about you, Dan? What do you got?
2: Yeah, I, I left one off purposely just because I wanted everyone to go and watch it from 2017 Lady Bird with uh, Sasha Ronan and Laurie Metcalf, Timothy Chalamet, and Lucas Hedges, directed by Greta Gerwig. Excellent film. Go and watch it, yeah. a way yeah, better, no, more contemporary view of a uh, high school experience for, uh, for Lady Bird, which is Sasha. I think it's Sasha, that's how you pronounce it. Irish actor who yeah. is just Sasha, apt. yeah. She is fucking brilliant. And what's great is when you see her interviewed and she's got the thick Irish accent as well. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It just it disappears in the movies. She's just an absolute superstar and uh, it's just a brilliant film. So, uh, yeah, Strangles, if you're going to watch one of these, go and, uh, go and check out Lady Bird if you haven't seen it.
1: Yeah, hold on, Strangles, because I've got a couple of crackers coming your way. Uh, I'm staying in the 80s. You know, and for two, I've actually got three. I'm going to say American Pie, you know, and I'm sure everyone's watched it, but it's a much better version of this movie, way better. But I'm going back to 1987. Let them say they're crazy. What do they know? <laughs> you got to watch Mannequin, but one of the greatest- <laughs> But Mannequin, uh, Kim Cattrall, Andrew McCarthy, the ugliest heartthrob in the '80s. Uh, it's great. This is one of my favorite movies in the '80s. As a young, uh, a young man and a young boy, loved it. Watched it a thousand times. I've actually revisited it just recently with with Isabel. It's terrible, but it's this has got absolute nostalgia written all over it for me, and it'd be hard for me to say a bad word about it. The other one is is a John Hughes movie, but not one of the standard John Hughes movies. It's Weird Science.
2: Oh yeah. Okay.
1: So uh, you know, Kelly, it's obviously Kelly, got, uh, Dick, Kelly LeBrock, uh, uh, Anthony Michael Hall, yeah. uh, two two nerds who eff- effectively create this supermodel in a computer, and she comes to life, and they effectively get the bone Kelly from LeBrock. And like, and 15. Yeah. Why don't
2: people <laughs> yeah. understand my intentions? <laughs> yeah, weird, weird science.
1: science. <laughs> yeah, And. And I started to watch this with Isabel and Megan walked in and watched about 10 minutes and goes, turn this off. She watch this. <laughs> uh, but uh, it, it's a cracker. It's a lot of fun. It really is a lot Wasn't of fun. Wasn't Kelly LeBrock okay. married
0: to yeah. Steven Seagal?
1: She did marry Steven Seagal. Uh, that's that's a whole podcast in and on itself. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. yeah. yeah,
0: We could do a whole one on, on Sensei Seagal. Oh, mate, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely.
2: What uh, was your okay. Sensei's
0: name, Gail? Hey. What Mark Greville. He? Sensei Mark Greville. <laughs> he was what was he here? Yeah? He was my Shidoshi. <laughs>
1: Every time. Uh, okay, let's move into <laughs> let's move <laughs> into the rank bank. Uh, this one's gonna be interesting. I've got a few things here uh, we can we can use uh, and I'm sure you guys have probably got something in here. I've got um, crop dusting linebackers. Uh, I've got ugly little brothers. I've got terrible transformations. I've got whorish best friends, and I've got dump rag berets.
2: So, anything else you want to add in there? I don't know about the dump rag beret. That's something that you've gotten, but I like it so much, I think I have to go with it. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Let's run with it then. Okay. So, G-Man, let's go with you first. Uh, How many dump rag berets are you giving? This movie. Well, we haven't seen this movie for a long time.
0: Doesn't age that well. Uh, not really something I'm going to watch again. It's going to be another thirty-five years before this gets a run. I'd say it's going to get. The budget was one point eight. It's getting one point eight.
1: Wow, we can't do that. We're going to get one point seven five. Or <laughs> well, you want to give it two? <laughs> Our system can't cope. No, system can't cope. Actually, We're yes, gonna... it can. We'll give it one point eight. <laughs> we'll give it one point eight. No, we'll give it 1.5. No, okay, 1.5. Okay, just to
0: make it easy.
1: Dan, how many dump rag berets are you giving
2: this movie? Can't buy me love. I think that this one, unfortunately, we can chalk up to height and nostalgia. Uh, It's probably like going and watching an episode of Degrassi Junior High as a 47-year-old man or Secret Valley with uh, the Buchanan kids all uh, all, all on the ABC or anything from our early high school years that we probably thought of very fondly at the time but doesn't really stack up in 2023. So, look, it won't be the last time I watch it because I I started watching it with my daughter and she got interested, so I'll probably watch it one more time before I Marie Kondo that fucker. So I'm going to give it a two, um, but only a two out of five for Can't Buy Me Love.
1: Okay, nice. Uh, I hated this movie. I'm so very happy that I've only seen it once. And because I am loath to give anything less than one, I'm giving this a one. This is bad in my eyes. I did not like it. I, I, I don't know why I thought I may have seen it before,
0: but I hadn't. Well, that's, and, a, good, that's a good score, mate, because now the computer can handle this.
1: Now the computer can handle this. The computer, computer can handle uh, have this. Have so you opened the sheet on, the, on your computer, have you? Yes. Look at you go. I oh, saw no. your little... Okay, well I don't need to put it up on the screen. You can uh you can fire away gal, and just tell me what it what? is. Well it hasn't added up for me here, it it? has. Where's your tank? Yeah, it has. It should
0: be there. Yes, no, it has. All right, can't buy me love. Very predictably with 1.5 dump brag, berets. Hang on. Hang on, mate. I
1: just need to just filter this for you. <laughs> didn't move.
0: <laughs> Thanks for the filter. It's in at number thirty nine, uh, the bottom of our list. Yeah. Above, above nothing. Well, no. Well, our list. Sorry, our list isn't. Um, our list isn't. Uh, did I not? Put, did, it's not in order. So oh, we won't get into that.
1: No, well, I can do that. Okay. I thought I just I just changed it then. So look, it is below. It is well and truly last. It's Well and truly movie. last. I,
0: so is, is, I think Bloodsport was down there. No, nah, Roadhouse is is second last Roadhouse, now. Two point
1: one yeah. seven. Uh, torn larynxes. Bloodsport two point five. Kumites. Golden Child two point five. Ajanti daggers. And Pretty Woman, 2.67 thigh-high FMBs, round out the bottom five.
0: Geez, Pretty Woman's a way better movie. Oh, mate, all
1: those movies above mm. it. Yeah. And it's it's 1.5.
0: Yeah. Like, it's a 1.5 well, movie.
1: It's well below everything
2: yeah, else. It's yeah, it's
1: well below everything else. All right. Well, well done. Let me just Hey, uh, You
2: can't fucking yell at us for trying something different. So, there we go. We tried a-, tried a bit of a chick flick, something that we thought was cool from our – a bit like us at the time, probably thought we were cool, and we're not. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. Anyway.
1: And look, I, and look, I don't think we should be discouraged by this. I think it's we got to step out of our comfort zone, and sometimes it's nice just to be able to shit all over a movie that that might have some heightened nostalgia from the day. But I enjoyed that. I enjoyed. I've enjoyed this process, so I think we do another shit movie in the near future and and uh, rip it to shreds. Uh, okay. So what are we watching? Uh, Gail, we'll start with you.
0: A lot of sport on this week. I haven't watched a lot of shows, but I have been watching reruns of Brooklyn Nine-Nine again. Our whole family loves it. Such a great show. And it's such a great show. And to the point our family loves it that my youngest son, Charlie, went to school. The other, we found this out today. That's in class. There's another Charlie in his class. And his name's Charlie, but there's another Charlie in the class, so they had to put a different name on the book. So hey, you know Jimmy's, what he put his name as? Boyle. Charles Boyle. <laughs> he put his name as Charles Boyle <laughs> to differentiate himself oh from the my other Charlie. God.
2: Genius, uh, well done, good on you, CB. Well done, well done. What about you, Dan? Uh, Last of us, of course. I'm going to catch up with episode six. I think after, tonight, after we yeah, break after tonight. This. But I actually been watching a new series that uh, I'm enjoying so far. It's definitely quirky and uh, and and amusing. It's called Poker Face, and it's by Ryan Johnson from Knives Out fame and and the one of the terrible Star Wars films that we'll forgive him for. But uh, Natasha Leone stars. Yeah. in that she's a great. Um, she's great. It's a, I'm up to about episode four or five or something really enjoyable. I don't, I tried to get my wife into it, but she, she didn't kind of get the quirkiness of it at all and, and, and wasn't interested, but no, I'm really enjoying it. So I'll continue on with that poker face. There you go, Strangles. Check that out as well, mate.
1: Okay. Yeah. So I'll be catching up with The Last of Us tonight, episode six. Hey, I want to throw something out there to you boys. Should we do a uh, mid-season review of The Last of Us from episodes one to five?
0: Is there a break in the season?
1: No, there's not. But episode six is tonight. But we could do a like catch up episode and do like maybe a little discussion about episode one to five, and then. What? Well, I'd like to do
0: that, but I think it's unfair because there may be some people that haven't watched it yet. Okay, so and should the... we wait until the end and do yeah, the? Yeah, I season? reckon because otherwise, because people are catching up and binging that, and it's, I don't want to. It's ruin not. It for it's people. not
1: often we're all watching the same yes. thing, sort of intensely. That's, that's
2: so, true. That's true.
1: So may, maybe as yeah. a special episode in in four weeks' time, we'll do a. Uh, Yep, season recap on the Last of Us.
0: Well, then everyone will know what we're doing. Yeah, and they yeah. cannot tune in. Absolutely, if Absolutely. they don't want to hear the spoilers. You, okay, so did I'll
2: we receive? That. Did we receive any lookouts this week? Well,
1: I haven't got there yet, Dan. Just oh, relax. I haven't got there yet. You made me uh, wait okay. the whole fucking episode these days. I know. It's what I do. I'm one of Girls hop. I'm one of Gal's hopbirds. Just making him wait. Mm. Uh would have happened. He was the he first, made like them wait. It, it would oh, have, have
2: happened. It would have happened. We a <footy>
1: training, eh? <laughs> I got footy training and touch footy and this and that and then I got a got Friday's before, I got,
2: Friday's the day before footy you can't possibly come around and root you.
1: I got forty five minutes on a Sunday <laughs> afternoon. And that's what you get, but you get the good stuff. <laughs> get a full life. Uh, I I am uh, catching up with Yellowstone, so I'm almost to the end of season four, which I'm really
2: enjoying. So I heard today that Kevin Costa is out of Yellowstone. It's out. It's ending. Imminently, it's ending. Yeah.
1: So season five will be the last season of Yellowstone and they, and the news is is that it's all bad so it is not going to end well.
0: Ooh, okay. Yeah, he he was in a pay dispute of some sort or or no, he wanted to do less work. Yeah. I he see. wanted to perform less and he, I think in the, in the first part of last 73 yeah, or something out, yeah.
2: too, I can kind of understand. He doesn't want to be But then he's on, kind of yeah. Do you want do you want to, do you want to know night?
1: do you want to know the good news though? There is talk that Kurt Russell is is leading a spin-off Yellowstone series. Ooh. Oh, could, oh there's could, already there's he's, already spin off. But, but the next one. Kurt Russell
2: spurned Hollywood years and years and years ago and lives on a ranch with golly all. But he can
0: run a Western. We know that. Oh mate. He can run a Western. Absolutely. Okay, so I'm catching up with that.
1: But I watched a movie this week, a new one. Plane. Gerard Butler. Ah uh,
0: yes, I've heard of it. I've got
1: to say. Looks and sounds shit. Pretty good. Okay. worth a watch. Dumb action film. He's a pilot. They crash somewhere in the Pilipinnes, where it's <laughs> uh in in the war zone, and he's got to get. He's now it's he's the captain. they are my passengers. He's got to get them out, and it's pretty fucking good. It's typical Jared Butler, uh, but well worth a watch when you get the opportunity. Uh, yeah, because I'm a bit cool. I got to see it a bit earlier than you guys, but it shouldn't be too far away to streaming service, I would think but plain and apparently they've already greenlit a sequel it's cool. okay it's called ship <laughs> Hit. ship mm. oh, so, so anyway they're all over it okay so we've got to the end of another great episode of born to watch and we've ripped the shit out of can't buy me love and deservedly so it is the last movie in the rank bank now next week we're going back to our comfort zone, Gal, What movie are we doing?
0: Uh, this one's a good movie. We're doing Warrior. People, uh,
1: Tom Hardy. It's,
0: uh, Tom Hardy. Uh, it's been asked to be on here for a while, and I know that Morg just wanted to review this one. So, yeah, it's going to be. I'm looking forward to rewatching this during the week.
2: Warrior is uh, shit hot. Great choice, Jimmy.
0: Yeah, I like it. Joel Edgerton as well. Yeah, yeah Joel Edgerton. Can uh, you can you believe this movie's eleven years old or nearly twelve years old? I remember I was That's at the crazy. I was at the video yeah. shop
1: when this came out, and just absolutely loved it. It was, geez, what a cracking film!
0: I feel like this movie's only been around for about five years. I don't know
1: why. Yeah. Nick, Nick Nolte should have won an Academy Award for this yeah, movie. It's very good. Uh, it's yeah. one of his best performances of all time. Uh, it should be. Tom f- Hardy's great. Tom yeah. Hardy's great in it. Uh, it's it's going to be a lot of fun actually reviewing that. I think it'll be a different tone to this week's "Can't Buy Me Love" podcast. Yes. But gents, uh, another good job. And we shall see you all next week on the line. But for now, catch ya.
2: Peace out, bitches. What about the lick outs?
1: Oh, we didn't get there. Yeah, I know. There were no
0: <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Born to Watch. To join us on our journey into some of our favourite movies of all time, you can find us on all good podcast networks like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, give us a five-star review and share with your friends.